0: Yeah, I uh, took Maddie through Taco Bell this morning because that was really healthy. Well, that's what she wanted, so I mean, but anyway, and the car in front of us had snow all over it, and I and I was thinking, my car sat out, and it didn't have snow, so I don't know if it snowed more places in the city than whatever, but I was, I'm thinking, okay, this is the date, uh, it's the end of March, <laughs> okay, snow, and then Ron pulls up that picture, I told my wife, I remember mowing my yard one time on November 3rd, something wrong with that, and I'm just like, in November I'm mowing a yard, and then now we're getting snow, but again, Ohio, Woo. okay, well listen, we are going to have a good time in this service, we're going to learn something, isn't that what it's about, we want to come in here, we want to learn something, we want to be able to take it and go out there, and then make it happen. So we're going to talk about that Um, this morning. We're going to talk about Blueprint, if I would mention the word Blueprint to you. But before I do, I want to say welcome to the people watching online. Let's say that to them. God bless you. It's good to have you with us. Amen. So we're excited about what God is doing. Uh, If we were talking about uh, Blueprint, um, and we were talking about that, and this. I got to stop because now my. How many knows my train of thought is I got 50 things going on right now. Um, Starting next week, we are going to live stream this service only. So the 8:30 service, if you're used to watching at 8:30, uh, you or not? Excuse me, 8:30, 9 o'clock, you'll watch it at 10:30. Uh, So anyway, just wanted to to get that out there. But uh, I like to have a plan. I like to have some directions, some instructions. Although. Most of us, if we were men and we were really honest, we would don't read the instructions. We just start putting things together. I put together a grill one time, and I had all these parts left over. And my wife said, "Where do those go?" I said, "Extra." <laughs> did you look at the Did you look at the instructions? Oh, sure, I looked at them. I just didn't read them. So anyway, uh, we want to find out what what God has done. He's already provided everything that you need. He's already has a destiny for each one of us. If we will just follow that plan, follow that design, follow that direction or the guide or the blueprint, if you will, if we can just follow that. So, you know, along that journey, I like to have fun and I think God wants us to have fun. I believe that is part of the plan to enjoy. Nobody wants to be miserable the whole time you're heading somewhere. Now, I mean, if you're going to Disney World, who wants to be a sourpuss all the way until you get to Disney World? You might as well have fun on your way there because, you, you know, whether you fly or whether you drive, it's going to take you some time or something to get there. Are you awake? You've got to help me out here. Help me out here. But anyway, to get us kind of to tear down some of this stuff so I can get you with me, I wanted to read some things that hopefully will help you break through some walls today so we can get what we need here's some funny church signs so i'm going to read these to you god does not believe in atheists therefore they don't exist (laughs) number two artificial intelligence is no match for natural stupidity here's another sign walmart is not the only saving place (laughs) here's one i hate this church signed satan Here's one. Keep using my name in vain and I'll make rush hour one hour longer. God. (laughs) Adam and Eve, first people to not read the Apple terms and conditions. I wish Noah would have swatted those two mosquitoes. (laughs) The fact that there is a highway to hell and only a stairway to heaven says a lot about traffic numbers. Honk, if you love Jesus, text while driving if you want to meet him. Here's one that we could even have the government use. Tweet others as you would like to be tweeted. I thought I thought I would it that. Here's some question and answers. What kind of man was Boaz before he married? Ruthless. What do they call pastors in Germany? German shepherds. Who was the greatest financier in the Bible? Noah. He was floating his stock while everyone else was in liquidation. (laughs) What kind of motor vehicles are in the Bible? Well, Jehovah drove Adam and Eve out of the garden in a fury. David's triumph was heard throughout the land and probably a Honda because all the apostles were in one accord. (laughs) Who was the greatest comedian in the Bible? Samson. He brought the house down. Who's the greatest babysitter mentioned in the Bible? David, of course. He rocked Goliath to a very deep sleep. Which Bible character has no parents? Joshua. He was the son of none. You'd have to know Joshua's... Okay, let's go to our main text. You're going to wake up today, I'm going to wake up, our minds are sharp, they're crisp, they're clean, they're clear, and we're going to learn something and have some fun. The story we're going to set is exactly one that really needs to be told, probably more than just what we're doing today, but it is one about Nehemiah. It's about building the wall, so let's look at it. Chapter 2 of Nehemiah 17 and 18. It says, Now I said to them, You know very well what trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins, and its gates have been destroyed by fire. Let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and end this disgrace. And I told them about how gracious the hand of God had been on me and about my conversation with the king. They replied at once, yes, let's build the wall. So they began began the good work. I want to explain to you as far as what we have to understand, in the kingdom, in the kingdom, everything is provided. Do you know that God has provided for everything that you need for the blueprint and the destiny that he has for you? There is nothing left that if you need it, he hasn't provided for it. That's why Jesus on the cross could say, it is finished. Just a clue, you've got to understand, he's not going back to the cross again because he's already done everything. So when we talk about faith, it's in the past tense. Yes, you're having faith for the future, but actually it's already happened. Can I hear an amen for that? So Isaiah says by his stripes. It isn't like you will be healed if you look it up It says you were healed in other words. It's already done So when we here's the issue that we have to understand our natural self Doesn't like to think it's done because we haven't seen it be done yet But you have to see it in your spirit and know that it's done before you see it with your physical eyes so when we walk by faith, we don't walk by sight and so in the kingdom, that's why we're getting this blueprint. So the problem is never God. God is never short. He has never came up short. He's not up in heaven going, oh, my goodness, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to help Brett today. I just don't know. He has all of the answers. He's already provided for everything that I would need. The, the problem is I have to get myself aligned in the word with God so that I can receive. The problem is the receiver, the reception. Did you know there's radio waves going through this room all over the place right now? And the way to tune those in is you have to get to that frequency on your receiver to get that station in. So it is with God, we have to get on the frequency of the word and get that in us so we can receive what he's telling us for his blueprint. So if you can hear from him, you don't have to see it. All you have to be is like that soldier that says, all you have to do is say it. You say it, I don't need to see it. It's already done. And if we can walk in that way, we'll find ourselves doing much better. Here's the things that we're looking at. If we're going someplace, we're going somewhere. If we're talking about Nehemiah, think about the people that were like, Yes, let's do it. They were in agreement. You need to get in agreement with what the word says. If you don't believe the word, you're not going to go too far with anything. You have to get in agreement with the word, get with another believer, get with God, get what you got to get in agreement. So you have agreement, you have instructions. You'll get a plan, and you'll get a blueprint. This is what I want you to do. He might not give it to you for, you know, like, here's the next five years, everything to do. He's never done that with me, but he'll give me everything I need for the time that I need it. So I have to trust him. Sometimes I feel like I just take a step, and I don't have, okay, now what? Now step over here. Okay, now step over here. Or whatever he tells me to do when he told me to start the church. I've never started a church, but yet it's 13 years old. So somehow he did something cuz I didn't know how to do it. So God is he's going to show you. He didn't say, "Brett, here's what you're going to do for the next 13 years. Here's every step you're going to take." He took me to what I could do. How many knows you can't handle so much? If he would have told me that, I would have been in overload. So, you know, he just gives you what you can do. So, here's our first thought this morning. Get the plan. Get the plan. What is it that you have a burden for? What is it that you are, you're inside, you're like, man, I want to do this. Because sometimes, sometimes, and probably a lot of the times, when you're uncomfortable, God will use that to get you off your tukus. Because if you'll tolerate it, you'll just put up with it. But until you're like, okay, that's it. I am, I'm, oh, oh, I'm so done with this. If you're so done with it, then get the plan. What is going to motivate you to action? Have you ever done, a, we've, everybody, if you go out and you have kids, they're going to be people that are going to tell you how to raise them. And there'll be people that tell you how to raise them, and the first thing you want to ask them is, do you have kids? Because sometimes people will tell you how to raise them and they don't have any kids. So you want to do Diana Ross. Talk to the hand. I don't want to hear from you. You don't have any kids. You don't know how to do that. But you've been in a store or somewhere where they're like, hey, get over here. Get, you get right here right now. I am going to count to 10. You know that kid didn't move until nine and a half, right? I got till 10. Woohoo! And they'll do that until... You finally are like, okay, we're not counting. Or, you know, you, you finally say, okay, this isn't working. What is it that's going to make you say, God, you know what? I'm tired of looking at this same scenery this whole time. I'm tired. You know, Nehemiah had seen this wall in ruins, and he said, this is a disgrace. In other words, I don't want to look at that anymore without me doing something about it. What is it that's going to say, you know what? I want to do something about it. Get the plan. There's a cause. There's a reason to act. Here's some truths. We cannot give away what we don't have. You got to import truth if you're going to export truth. You want the word and you want to tell people about God, you better get the word in you. You better get it in you so that you can start giving that out. You want to tell your kids, this is what we live in a world that says, don't do what I do. Do what I say. This doesn't work so well. I feel like so many times a lot of us are just living in a lost state. We just feel lost. I, I used the illustration in the first service. They have those little things now, the robot sweepers. They just come out and they'll sweep you. My son's got one. He said, it's pretty cool. You can time it on your phone. I'd like you to clean the floor at four, Whatever. And this robot it will be, mm. It'll go do whatever it's got to do. And when it's done, it'll go back into its little docking station, I guess. I'm like, oh, that's cool. But, you know, if it hits something, it'll go all against it, go another way. That's kind of how it's like kind of like us sometimes. We'll, We'll go one way and like a pinball and bounce. Oh, we'll go this. Oh, we'll go this way. Father, what's required of me? What we do is we want to know how long it's going to take. Oh, okay, I'll do this, Brett. Tell me how long it's going to take, because I'd like to know. Because people want to know what they're going to invest if it costs too much. There's nothing wrong, listen, with knowing the cost. Count it. We're going to talk about that in a second. But we also have to know what it does for obedience. You know something? There's cost on either side of the coin. It's a great, you know, there's, it's going to cost you something when you're obedient. It's going to cost you something when you're disobedient. You'll have regret, guilt. Do you like that price tag? So there's a lot of things that we have to start looking at. We want integrity. We want honesty. We just want to know if we're following someone. Are they leading us in? A, I mean, do we trust them? We've all been burned. You get around the holidays. There's people that stand out by the by the busy corners. We'll work for food. Please help me, lost job, family needs to eat. I've even seen it where there's little children. And it tears at your heart. But you got to understand, sometimes those aren't real. I wish they were. I'm not saying every one of them is false. But you're going to have to tie into the master to find out if you're supposed to or not. I'm not saying don't give, I'm just saying listen to God. Because there's people that, that just... Isn't true I pulled up beside a a gentleman one time said we'll work for food and I was pastoring on the east side of Columbus and I said jump in the car I said I'll I'll feed you and I'll pay you for four hours work we got all kinds of stuff to do around the church all kinds of yard work and stuff you can do and the guy goes no he said I'll make more money standing right here bye you know part of me inside was like oh let me get out of the car (laughs) have you ever went somewhere in a trunk okay but I can't do that. You know, that's, that would not be good. But I was just like, I was hurt. I was like, I, Lord, I, I wanted to help. But it opened my eyes. Not everyone is that way. So I get that. And you're going to have some of that. But we have to be tied to the master carpenter, the master builder. Get the right blueprint. The enemy works in confusion and separation and all of that. But we need to lead our families, our Maybe our coworkers or even our neighborhoods. You know, there's people that are always watching. If we profess to be a Christian, we need to be the one. We need to be the what we say. We need to act that way. I mean, it doesn't mean you can never make a mistake. I get that we're human, but for the most part, we need to have integrity. We need to walk in that. And if we do it wrong, then we need to apologize. We need to be able to say, you know what? I didn't behave rightly, I ask you to forgive me, or whatever that case is. But there are people that are watching, people that are lost, seeing how you handle the same things they have to handle. Isn't it amazing each week we give an invitation to the lost? Because there's people that are saying, I just need to find a way. Part of the mission of this church, or a big part, is to to reach the lost, to, to show them the kingdom of God. That's part of who we are and what we do. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I don't want to have my life be in a continual state of mess, if you know what I'm saying. And I don't want to just stumble around and do nothing. I don't want to be in neutral. I want to be going somewhere that the Lord wants me to go. I want to be a threat to the enemy. I want my feet to hit the floor, and I want the enemy to be like, oh, no, he's up. He's up! He's up! I think the angels were that when Maddie got awake. She's awake! Protection! Back to our text. The wall seemed impossible. It's a, have you ever had something that just seems like, that's too big of a job? It's too big of a job. There's a lot to be done. Our second point this morning would be get ready. You're going to have to stick to the plan. It doesn't matter what it looks like in the physical. You can talk and you can let that intimidate you. But I'm telling you, Goliath wasn't a giant just because David said he's a giant. That was his stature. That is how it is. But with God, I'm going to say it one more time. But with God, all things are possible to him that believes. It doesn't matter if Goliath was 15 feet tall. It doesn't matter how tall the wall is. With God, if he's put something in you, he's put something on you, he's put something for you to do, it doesn't matter. As long as God's in it, it will be successful. You cannot do this sitting on the bench. The world is full of sideline, bench-warming Christians. This isn't about you. This isn't about your way. It isn't about that. This isn't... That way it's, it is about, God, what is the protocol? What do you want to have done? Get in your mind, I'm going to follow this through. you got to see it in your spirit first. Whatever that mountain is, whatever that giant is, whatever that obstacle is, whatever the blueprint says, God, i got to see that done. i got to see a picture in my mind, in the spirit, before I see it in myself and in my flesh. Just know that as you walk this out, sometimes things are going to get tough. The enemy never gives up territory on purpose. He's not just going to say, go ahead, take it. It's going to get tough. Nehemiah 6, 8, 9 says, I replied, there's no truth in any part of your story. You're making up the whole thing. They're just trying to intimidate us, imagining that they could discourage us and stop the work. So I continue to work with even greater determination. So the enemy doesn't just give it up. See, this is what he's, he's going to try to get you off task, off focus of what you are called to do. Anything that will help get you to look another way, just to get off the wall. Nehemiah, just come down. We want to talk about this. And they even made it sound spiritual. If you go through the whole story, we need to, let's just come on down. Let's just talk about it. Nehemiah says, no, I'm not going to do that. Because he realized this is just plot of the enemy. He had already had the word from God. And I didn't say this in the first service, but whatever reason, the Holy Spirit has prompting me to say it now. You know, in the Bible, it talks about people that were on their journey from somewhere to going somewhere else. And they were told to stay in this particular place. And they were told not to leave. And somebody else came and was trying to get them to leave. And they wouldn't do it. And so they said, Listen, God told us to tell you. Can I say, if somebody says, God told me to tell you, I'm not saying that God can't tell them to tell you, but you better get a confirmation that it's God from you. And they said, Oh, okay. So they left and they got killed by, I don't know, I think it was a bear, bear or a lion, one of those, but it was something with claws. There you go. <clears throat> Lions, tigers, bears. Oh, my, I'm not sure. But you better listen to the Lord. The tactics of the enemy will do anything to get you off course. There's going to be people that will be jealous. They'll try to make you feel guilty. So again, think about the price tag. Lord, sometimes when you're doing what the Lord wants, sometimes you feel that you're all alone. Sometimes that place can be lonely, but yet God never leaves you or forsakes you. That's just the enemy trying to tell you. Things that are not true. Here's our third thought. Get busy. We're going to count the cost. We know what it's going to take, and we're going to get busy. We had the boys' room at the house that is now Malone's, and uh, they live in, a, in their house now, not, not my house. But it was the boys' room, and we we got three estimates to get that room done. Three. Because, you know, they were going to give us an estimate, and we wanted to count the cost, what it would take, because that was the original garage, and, and we had more youngins, and we needed space. And, and so we decided to redo that, and we, we did it well, and had it match everything and all that. So here's what the first estimate came in. I'm glad you're sitting down. $56,000. 56000 We got that estimate, and I'm, Kim and I are both like, what? And I, t- I said, we don't want a house, we just want this room. And the guy said, Well, that's what it's gonna cost. It's gonna cost this, it's gonna cost that. So we got another estimate. The guy said, That's way too much. This is the second bidder. That's way too much. 30, dollars or thousand." We were both looking like, Whoa. we got the third estimate. The guy said, I can do it for around nine. Nine fifty-six. Hmm. And we were still saying, you know. We had to say, God, what do you want us to do with that? So I got the guy that, that gave that estimate, and I said, if I do this work myself or have this done, he like, you do whatever you want. I'll do whatever I can to help you, and I'll do just this and that. And, it'll, and so we figured we counted the cost, and we put our hand to it. it cost us a fraction of that to get it done. Crazy. You're going to need to get busy. You're going to need to get busy. You're going to need to say, you know what? There's people. This is probably one of the number one comments I hear from people. Pastor, I'm just waiting on God. Now, there are times when God will say, be still and know that I am the Lord. Stand and see the glory. I get it. There are times when you've done all you can do, and when you've done all you can do, stand. But most of the time, there's so many times we use, I'm waiting on God as an excuse because we don't want to mess up. God, if you'll just spell out with quail in the sky, Brett, please do this. If 14 people will come up and tell me they like spaghetti and not pork chops, I'll do it. I mean, we'll make up silly things. Just, oh God, if, if this happens or if this happens, we'll fleece God, we'll do all that. And listen, God is waiting on you. He's waiting on you to put your hand to it. Sometimes I have went back to God and said, you, you sure you want me to do that? And it's just like, cricket, cricket. Because he's already told me. He's not going to sit there and go, I'm going to argue with you on this. He's not. He doesn't do that. He's not going to get down in the mud. He's not going to do any of that. He is going to say, here's what I want you to do. Just do it. And when we start to do it, you know, because what we do, this is something that has happened in society. I've been guilty of it. Procrastination. We just put things off. And I have, I, I have a t-shirt with that. I grew up as a kid, and we ha- anybody have chores when you grew up? Had to mow the yard. That's reasonable. You live here, my dad would tell me. He's sitting back in the back, so I have to do this right. I put a roof over your head and food in your mouth. I need you to mow the yard. That makes sense. But I was a kid. There's a lot of playtime. So he would, and he would just let it go, because he told me to mow the yard. And so you know what? I just about to go to mow the yard, and Mike or Chucky, not the, but another Chucky. <laughs> I've never seen the movie, so there you go. Would come over and say, "Hey, we're gonna, we're gonna play. Uh, we're 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 getting a football game together or something. You know, you want to come? Sure. Hey, I can mow the yard tomorrow. Guess what? It rained the next day." And for the next two or three or four days. And then the grass grew more and more and more. And by the time I could mow it four or five days later, it also needed raked. You know, they do that in hell. (laughs) Rake yards. I hate raking yards. And my dad would just say, should have mowed it when I told you to. Which was true, but no kid wants to hear that. But he was just trying to teach me so you know what doing that and I found myself I did that more than once and just thought after a while why am I doing this so one of the things as a man I have done is in the houses that we've had I've tried to say God if you could help me with anything I'll put my hand to this I will get after things as quick as I can so that's what been it's been one of those things that I've been trying to develop in me and so I've I've made some improvements I've done some things where, you know, Kim and I will be talking about we need to do this. We need to do that. You know, I'll just go out and I'll just start doing it because it's kind of like the wall. The sooner I get started, the sooner I get done. You're going to have to get yourself busy. You're going to have to say, God, what do I need? He blesses the work of our hands. That's how we activate our faith. We start getting busy. The sooner we get started, I like that, the sooner we get finished. I preached this before, three points that were pretty easy, but I won't preach it all today. I'm just showing you. So many times we compare, well, I don't want to do that because I don't have this or I don't have that. You know, we've done a lot of what Pastor Kim and I have done. We didn't have what somebody else had or whatever. We just started where we were, used what we had, and did what we can. That's it. Those are so simple. You don't have to have all of this, but what could you do? What could you do? What do you have that can make it work? What do what could you do to put your hand to it to get it started? How many of us not as much as how you start, but it's how you finish? The Marion Popcorn Festival is here every year. Years ago, I would run in the race, the popcorn race, 3.1 or 3.2 miles. I'd run with my uncle back there. He's the best man in my wedding. Always been close with him. Love that guy. But that guy has run marathons. Not this guy. I got no desire to run a marathon. Now, I'd ride a bike beside him if he wanted me to, but I don't want to run. But, you know, I, I used to be a competitive bodybuilder and all that. And so I would run a race just to kind of help get in shape. Plus, he wanted to run the race. And so we would run that race. And he would ask me stuff like, how many times have you practiced before today? I said, counting today? He said, yeah. And I'd say, one. Because that'd be the first time and you know and we'd start out we were looking good there's people that looked really good when we started and you know when you start a race they're all in a, in a group and that was back in the 90s with the big nylon little shorty shorts and you know the tube socks clear up to here the headbands and man you were or you know whatever and so we all look good and then you start off in this little huddle and then it you know as you get up Quarter miles up, everything separates, and people. You know, the kids that win that, the, the men, women, kids, whatever, win that, they run the three miles in like 14 minutes or something. <laughs> I can't even think that three miles in 14 minutes. But anyway, you know, we're running, and I'm telling you, Tom carried me. I'm just, so this is on tape, Tom, so down. I'm redeeming myself. He carried me. I mean, he wasn't even hardly winded. We'd be about a mile into this race, and I am sucking wind, man. I'm... <gasps> and we were going by people that looked so good at the beginning. Hi, how are you? I'm good. You? Oh, yeah, I'm going to run this race. Yes, I am. They look real good, but, man, they are doing worse than me. You know, they are like... Some of them are laying on their face in the grass, and, you know, and I'm just... Whoa. I would just mess with him, though. I mean, I was in pain and all that. My side would be hurting. I had my hand on my side, and I'm trying to breathe in and out. They tell you to breathe in and out with your stomach instead of your mouth. To with pain like that, we'd go by, and there'd be people trying to hand you water. I'd get one and just throw it in his face, <laughs> just just to be ornery. And we'd just laugh and laugh and laugh. We had a good time, and he would. I mean, literally, he could have beat me every race. What I'm telling you is. It was how you finished. We would still finish, and I, and I didn't always do things right. And I, I didn't know. I sp- sprinted at the end. I didn't know how much I'd have at the end. Cause, I mean, but the truth be known, he carried me all through the race. I mean, come on. He slowed up. Come on. We can, you can do it. You'll make it. You'll make it. And then the last 100 yards, I'd find all this unknown strength I didn't think I had and, we w- you know, and go in a sprint, and then I'd, I'd win in the sprint. But that really wasn't how the race went. If we would have been, he would have been down drinking coffee or an iced tea by the time I crossed the finish line. But he, he kept with me. Um, I said all that just to say, you know, starting, at least get, your, get, get with someone if you need some help or do whatever. He carried me so, so much during those, those times. Be the real deal, be the genuine article, be a person of death, depth, not death. <laughs> be a person of death. <laughs> Have fun along the way. I mean, have some fun. I don't know, but I want to enjoy my journey on the way where I'm going. You know, if one thing, my my wife, she'll be like, I never know what you're going to say. You know what? Neither do I. (laughs) So we're both in that. So, I mean, I want to have fun along the way. Life with no fun is no fun. Proverbs 15, 13 says a glad heart makes a happy face. A broken heart crushes the spirit. Laughter's like medicine. It keeps you healthy to have fun. Nobody likes to be around somebody that's grumpy all the time. Here's thought number four. Get generous. You're going to need to give it away. Now, I'm not just talking about money. Money is great, and you can sow seed. We've talked about that. Be a sower, whether it's money. But be, maybe some time. Maybe some love. Seed time and harvest. You will, what you sow, you will reap. The opportunity to mentor. We are pulling these kids in from 180, and we're asking them, what could you do? And so this, uh, this whole drama, we're finding these kids getting tied in with this, and that's great. We've got some of the students, that are in the back, and they're working on... Is that you back there, Q? Q's back there now on the computer right now. He's back there, and Aiden was in first service doing lights. And we're, gonna, we're just incorporating them back into the service. into Listen to me. Into ministry, because we're trying to teach them something. But there's a heritage of God that you need to give. Maybe it's your grandkids, maybe it's your kids, maybe it's maybe it's just people in your family, maybe it's your neighborhood kids. But we just tried to do things the best we could. We tried to have family time. We tried to do all of these things to instill in our children. And now our children are having children. That's pretty amazing. But we started doing things, how would God, God, what could I do to pass on important heritage of what it means to be a a child of God and to have a a household of God? So we made a big deal about our kids when they turned 13. We grabbed our girls and we said, look, when you're 13, daddy is going to take you. Now listen to what I'm saying. I'm saying daddy because the father is the priest of the home. Now if you don't have that and you're a single mother, then you and Jesus are going to do that. Daddy wants to take you, me and Daddy, this is what we're doing together. This is what we believe. This is why this is so important. So together with the united front, we would explain the blessings of promise ring, those kind of things. The blessings of why it is important to have a godly heritage, why it is important to keep yourself Pure and clean. Why? Why these things are important? And so I made a big deal about it. I took my daughters out on a date. We dressed up, and they had Cinderella. stuff. I mean, we did everything. We gave the ring, and we took pictures. It was a big deal. I mean, we made it a big deal. It was a special occasion. So I have two boys, and my boys are like, I don't want no stinking ring. They didn't say it in that accent, but I don't want a ring. I said, Well, what do you want? And they were like, I don't know. I don't want no ring. So I had to get something that would appeal to them. So I asked the Lord. Say, say the. So I asked the Lord. Did you know what David did when, when things happened at Ziklag? He asked the Lord. Lord, what could I do for my boys? What could I do that they would say, "Man, this is cool. I want, I want to do that." Now this particular sword is uh, Narnia. This is, um, and Sam actually got me this, but it is just like the one in the movie. It's got everything, talks about Aslan and all that down there. But this is what he told me. He said, use a sword. Not on them. (laughs) Come over here. (laughs) So Zach, Zach said, oh, man, their eyes lit up. I said, listen, when you turn 13, I will get you a sword. And they said, a sword? I said, you pick it out, and I will get you a sword. Zach picked out a Marine military dress. Something. I mean, it's totally chrome. It's beautiful. Big swoop handle on it, you know, and that's what he's like, yes. So he had this big ceremony where I presented him the sword, and the sword simply represented the word of God. And it represented our, our integrity as a and our, our and you know, what we do for the Lord, and all of those things. I presented that to him. Sam said, I don't want that sword. I want that big sword Gandalf carries. You shall not pass! Okay. So, sorry. So I got him that. And it was about this side, although it's heavier than this sword. I'm going to leave that out if you want to check it out when service is over, you're welcome to. (laughs) But um, you know, so it was a big but it was a big deal. So, you know, we were passing something that of importance down. How will they know if you don't show them? How will they understand if you you don't give that to them? Listen, once you, once you learn it, live it, then give it. Figure out, God, how can I do that? Import. Truth and then export it to them or to the people around you. Your neighborhood's watching, your coworkers are watching. How do you handle what happens to them and happens to you? Teach it, mentor it. I want to blaze a trail that my children and my grandchildren can see with their eyes closed. You might be saying this. I'm going back to make sure my last, I, we had get busy get generous. Did I say that one yet? Okay, so then we're doing that. And then this last one is get humble. We need to get humble. Because listen, we might be saying this, Brett, you don't even know what I've done. I don't have to know what you've done. God knows what you've done. Well, he can't use me. Oh, yes, he can. No, he can. Yes, he can. No, he can. I'm not going to argue with you you can argue with God all day long but you know that's what God did think of all the people that he used that were just misfits that didn't seem to fit anywhere I mean he's got 12 people that turned the world upside down and there are people in there that were had all kinds of anger issues thieves all kinds of stuff check this out Abraham was old Jacob was insecure, Leah was unattractive, Joseph was abused, Moses stuttered, Gideon was poor, Samson was codependent, Rahab was immoral, David had an affair and all kinds of family problems, Elijah was suicidal, Jeremiah was depressed, Jonah was reluctant, Naomi was a widow, John the Baptist was eccentric to say the least, Peter was impulsive and hot-tempered, Martha worried a lot, Samaritan woman had been married many times, Zacchaeus was unpopular, Thomas had doubts, Paul had a thorn in his side, Paul used to kill Christians, and thought it was good. Because he thought he was doing what God's saying. I'm telling me. You, listen. you, you, There's nothing that you could make yourself unworthy of. I can't do ministry. I can't do what God's called me to do. Yes, you can. The blood of Jesus still works. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. On the way last night, Maddie and I were on a little trip. And he, she played a song. If he did it before... He'll do it again. He's the same back, he's the same right now. He was the same back then. I'm telling you, God doesn't change, he'll take care of you. He is waiting on you to put your hand to the blueprint. Give God the credit. You and I are nothing without him. Let's humble ourselves and say, God, without you, I can't make this. After all, you designed it. Think about this He designed you. Who better to know what you can do and not do than the designer, the creator? Nehemiah six fifteen and 16. On October 2nd, the wall was finished, 52 days after we had begun. When our enemies and the surrounding nations heard about it, they were frightened and humiliated. They realized the work had been done with the help of our God. You see, when you put your natural ability and trust it with his super, you get supernatural Bazinga! You, you get God saying, "Now, that's what, you got to understand. That's how the kingdom works. We put our hand to it. We gotta, we gotta feed these people. We need to go into town. We don't have enough money to feed all these people. There, there's like twenty thousand people. You give them something to eat. Say that again. I got five loaves and two fish. Okay, have them sit down in groups of fifty. What? I mean, all of this doesn't even make sense. But God says, listen, you put your, your natural with my super and bazinga. You won't find bazinga in the Bible, but I'm just saying things will happen. Some of you are going, I'm walking by faith. I'm praying. When you pray for somebody, if I hear bazinga, I'll know. <laughs> People will be like, well, what version is that? <laughs> Get God involved. Supernatural things happen. If we'll start going to the master for the blueprint, we start saying, Lord, I can't do this without you. You've called me to do this. Show me what to do. Think of every, every story in the Bible, how God has done that. Think of, I mean, for the love of Mike. The love of Pete. Love of somebody. Think of, I mean, I, stories go through my mind like Gideon. Gideon had thousands of men to fight. And God said, no. Everybody will think that it's you. Do this and tell these guys to go home. Now do this. The ones that drink this way, the ones that drink that way. And he ends up with 300 guys to fight like 10,000 guys in Bazinga. And God does it. Can you imagine the disciples? You give them something to eat. Here, take a piece, a little one. Take. Hey, you you can give him some of yours. You know, I mean, what's going through their mind? But bazinga, it just comes up. All of these things that, you know, all I have is a little bit of oil. That'll do. Bring it here. Get these pitchers and fill these pitchers up with water. Did you know each of those pitchers, those containers, they say are about... I want to say, and I could be wrong... Uh, first, my first inclination was 200 gallons, but I don't know if that's right. But at least 20. That's a lot. And and just like that, God says, and now they're full of wine. You know the problem. We are not seeing that today. We don't do what Jesus did because we don't do what Jesus did. But you can. We are coming to a time when we're going to believe God for amazing things. Not because we can, because we must, because he's empowered us to do it. We have people in this service today that God has given me privilege to pray with or pray for, and God has done supernatural things. Jack had a lump, wherever Jack's at, there he is, had a lump behind his ear. We prayed for it. I mean, it was the size of probably bigger than an M&M peanut. You could see it. It's gone. Completely went away. We prayed for his foot on Thursday. He was on a big cane. He walked in here today. Almost 10 years ago, we prayed for Amy, and God told me to call her out. Call her out. Now, again, when I'm saying this, I am not saying look at me. I'm saying look at God. So I want to make that I want you to hear me. I'm only telling you what happened because I was involved, okay? She's going to have a baby. I remember telling her, God told me to tell you to get the nursery ready. It's been almost 10 years, 9 years, and she can probably tell you how many months, days, hours, whatever. But she's with child. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> Mal and Justin are with child. Yeah. Yeah. So many things are happening from, you know, and and to what some people would say, that's little. What's little to somebody else might be huge to you. It just depends on your viewpoint and whose hand it's in. My challenge to you this morning is this. God has a destiny for each of you. I want you to find it. But I can't give it to you. I can tell you how to walk in faith. I can tell you how faith works. But I can't make you do it. You have to go to God, get the blueprint, and then start putting your hand to it. Start saying, God, this is what I'm going to do. You know, and and just get busy and watch what He does. It's going to take faith to do it. So some people are like, I don't have faith. Yes, you do. God put it there. He put it there. I'm going to say it one more time. He put it there. You have to activate it. Faith without works is dead. I'm going to confess with my heart. Or confess with my mouth, believe in my heart, and do not doubt. That's how things happen in the kingdom. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes, please?